Harvard Health have, have stated this numerous times and proved it. Lack of sleep reduces the amount of cytokines that you produce in your body, which then helps fight infection and viruses in particular. And what are we combating at the moment? Viruses. You know, this is, and again, I'm not going to get into it because everyone has their opinion on this virus, but is the virus in itself that severe? Or are we as a population sick from a circadian and dietary standpoint that we can't handle that pathogen? And when you look at how Harvard have produced results showing that we're more susceptible to getting viruses such as the flu, which is pretty much what COVID-19 is, if we have poor sleep. And when you look at the stats on how many people have a sleep disorder, it's almost a third of the global population. So, you know, put two and two together, correlation is not always causation. But I wonder if this virus is as serious as it is in itself, but it is serious because we're all sick from poor light management, crappy diet, and our immune systems are not as fired up as they should be because we've got really bad disrupted sleep. You're listening to This Life Explains It All. With the creators of Vera, your guide for navigating a conscious life. We're Stefania Romeo and Catherine Griffiths. This Life Explains It All was created out of belief that our life experience is our greatest teacher. And as soul sisters and intuitives, we've spent the past decade completely obsessed with better understanding our minds and our bodies, all while running a mile a minute with busy careers as leaders in the tech startup world. On this podcast, we are bringing you the insights and lessons that have changed our lives with the thought leaders, healers, and dreamers behind them. We're discussing wellness practices, healing methods, and experiences that get us to think differently about life and live empowered. Whether you want to uplevel your health, your career, your relationship, or are going through changes to your life path, this information can help you get there and let you know that we're right here with you. We believe life isn't meant to be lived linear, and no matter where you are right now, you're right on time. Hi, everyone. It is Kat and Stefania. We're coming to you from San Francisco, California, where I am, and Sydney, Australia, where Kat is, and you are listening to This Life Explains It All, Vera's podcast. Today, we're talking to Andy Mant, an expert on how the light we expose ourselves to as humans in the modern world, particularly the blue light we take in from technology, impacts our mental, physical, and hormone health. He shares the shocking ways we disrupt the natural circadian rhythm we are meant to live by, the rise and sleep cycle that follows the sun and helps our bodies stay balanced and healthy. This disruption can cause our stress, anxiety, depression, fertility issues, and more. The good news is that there are simple things that everyone can do right now to course correct and feel better almost immediately. Andy's also the founder of Blue Blocks, a company devoted to offering the highest quality blue light blocking glasses. Both Catherine and I have been loyal customers for a long time. He's a thought leader in the space and full of really helpful and interesting information, so well-researched, and I think you'll learn a lot from this conversation. Yeah, I learned a ton of information. I've been a Blue Blocks user for a while, like you said, and I have noticed such a difference in my sleep it's a very timely conversation because with the time that we're in right now with the coronavirus, we're spending a lot more time at home. And one of the things that I've been doing is waking up to just to see the sunrise because I love looking at it. And that's something that 
I feel like if I was commuting somewhere or doing a million things, I wouldn't prioritize as much, but because I can do it, I I do. Yeah. The other night, I'm just reflecting on this time so far. And I feel like I've moved into the acceptance phase kind of like you did <laughs> last week. And yeah. I've just, something has changed. I went on a walk the other night and I was so excited to go on this walk. I was like, when are we going? Like, is it almost time? And <laughs> that is not, I don't normally get excited to go on a walk. Like, I don't, I really understand how dogs feel. I know that was a meme somewhere, but I went on this walk and I was just so in awe of everything, like of the ocean, of the trees. I was looking around. The moon was really bright that night. It was a full moon and I was just staring at it and I was so calm. And I just had this thought, like, I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have felt like this before. First of all, I wouldn't have been on a walk at all because I would have been probably walking, but walking from somewhere or to somewhere, or I would have been responding to something or all stressed out from the workday or just not in that state of mind that I was in. And I wouldn't have just appreciated the nature. And then I thought, you know, in people that tend to have, there are studies done in countries where people don't have a lot, they're actually as happy, if not happier than the average American citizen. <laughs> and I was thinking, I wonder if it's because they're not adding so much stress themselves to their lives, all these things that don't really matter. And the main things that matter are the people that you're around, that you surround yourself with, and you're really prioritizing them. And also the just nature, just taking it all in. And I just had that thought that maybe we're doing it wrong. Yeah. Well, I think that one of the things that is helpful and like in some ways this time is forcing us to do and that you're certainly doing is just like, you know, it sounds a little bit cheesy to say, but like just becoming more of one with nature. Like we evolved over all of humanity alongside nature for mm -hmm. so much of human existence. And now in the past, you know, however many hundred year, couple hundred years, we are so removed from the cycles of nature, whether that is the more kind of macro cycles and the seasons and getting our food from the earth and just taking a walk and looking at the sunrise like you did, or some of the things that we're talking to Andy about, which is we evolved to rise and sleep with the cycles of the sun. And he shared a lot about the hormones that are released and the hormones that our bodies are able to repair and produce when we get the right kind of light exposure. He talks about red light and all of those things help us to be able to sleep well and be calm and, and be balanced. And so I think the more we can align ourselves with the cycles of nature while still being in the modern world, mm -hmm. it makes sense that we would be happier and calmer. Yeah. He really confirmed it for me. What I like, basically he says, go out, do anything that you can do outside. And obviously that's that in some places where it's cold or whatever, it may not be possible, but the more you can, even if it is cold, just go outside if it's a sunny day, the more that we can expose ourselves to light and the morning light, the sunrise light is the most important because it releases cortisol, which is our energy that we use that we need throughout the day. So if you can go out and do a workout or a walk or anything outside during that time, 
it'll make yeah. such a difference. And I notice that myself when I go out in the morning and do a run or a walk, anything, my mood is just completely different throughout the yeah. day. Yeah. It's interesting because cortisol gets a bad rap because it is a stress hormone, but it gets a bad rap because we're producing it when we're not meant to be producing it. He talks about mm-hmm. it as being like this jolt that is actually helpful in the morning, but if we're producing it during the times of the day where our body's not meant to. One of the things for me that I noticed since I started having better light hygiene and wearing blue light blocking glasses at night, like I really, for the most part, do this at night, was that, you know, we talked a minute ago about like the things that we can do to make us feel better quickly. But for me, I didn't even realize that I wasn't feeling my best. I heard about the research, I got the glasses and I started wearing them in the evening. And then I noticed, oh my God, I've had this like low grade buzzing headache all night that I didn't even realize I had but was just maybe putting me in a mood or making me feel less than my best self. And once I started wearing them, I just felt calmer and more balanced. But I think that's one thing, at least for me, once I started incorporating some of this stuff into my life, like I realized that I hadn't felt my best, but I didn't know that. It was just normal for me. Yes. So I did that. And I also switched all my light bulbs to the like vintage incandescent light. It's my light is very kind of orange in the house or yellow because of that. But I mean, I like the way it looks and then I'm not getting that the blue light from light bulbs too, which is something he'll talk about. Yeah. That's a really good point because because what it does when you come home and you look at your devices, you get that same hit of cortisol that you would get from the sun in the morning. It's happening at the wrong time. You're not supposed to be amped up at that point. And that's why there's so many sleep issues. All right, let's get into the conversation with Andy. So Andy is full of information, full of really helpful resources. You're going to learn a lot. In this conversation with Andy, we are talking about why it's so important for humans to be aware of the light we are exposing ourselves to, how quality sleep is the single most important thing we need to live a healthy life, and why you might be having trouble with it. How artificial blue light affects fertility in both men and women, mental health issues, and immunity. Simple practices we can do right now while we're at home to improve our mood, immunity, and hormone health. Let's get into it. So Andy, you started Blue Blocks, and I read that it was kind of inspired from you and your wife prepping for your wedding and getting into your fitness prior. Can you talk about what inspired you there? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me on your your amazing show. Honestly, it's an, an absolute honor to be able to come on and, and talk to you guys about light and, and help to, to educate people. So yeah, let me tell you a little bit about how Blue Blocks was, was founded. So Katie and I were, you know, getting ready, ready for our wedding probably four or five, five years ago now. And uh, we went into this sort of ultra health kick. And a little bit before that, just to take it back, we were both quite overweight. We were following like no exercise regime. We were just eating takeaways all the time. We tried various dieting protocols. None of them really worked. And we both dived into the literature and, and discovered a ketogenic diet at the time. And we then found that the weight slipped off. And that led us to you know really think critically about how to change things in our life. Um, we're a little bit more balanced with our diet now. Katie's more plant focused and I eat a lot more sort of veggies now rather than just sort of meat and cheese, which got me into, um, you know, down a, a fair bit in weight to start with. But yeah. where we really got serious was leading up to the wedding. So I proposed to Katie in Singapore, actually, um, on one of our trips. And we then had 18 months 
to get into you know real peak fitness and shape for our wedding. And it's something that we were both very passionate to do. And we got really in shape and we went, did a lot of you know good dieting protocols. We dug into the literature to find the best ways to do it um, healthily. And one of those included improving our sleep. So we did a lot of research on how light can impact something that we all have called a circadian rhythm, which is our body clock. And it governs how hormones are released and suppressed within our bodies. And it also helps us get to sleep, have good quality sleep, which makes us feel better, makes us healthier, makes us lose weight um, easier and keeps you know everyone healthy in terms of immunity um, as well, which is very important at, at this time as, as we record this. Now, what we did was we dived into Amazon and bought a couple of pairs of, of blue light blocking glasses. And we saw an improvement in our sleep when we wore them. But after a few weeks, it kind of regressed and it wasn't that great. But we persevered anyway until the wedding. We had our wedding, beautiful wedding in just outside of Paris in a place called Lucienne, which is near Versailles. Had an amazing honeymoon in Italy. And when we came back from that, we thought to ourselves that there's got to be more to this blue light glasses thing. You know, there's there's got to be some more evidence that is out there that shows specific frequencies of light and, and how they impact our hormones. And lo and behold, once we dived into the literature, we really found that there were specific frequencies of light. It was very, very exact what you needed to manage during the day and what you needed to block after dark to really have a good impact on your sleep. And we had people we knew in an optics lab here in Australia, and we bought several pairs of blue light glasses from Amazon, just the cheap pairs, you know, ranging from say $20 to $80 Australian. We sent them to our lab, asked them to test these glasses and give us the reports of what frequencies of light they were blocking. And we found that none of these glasses actually blocked even close to what you needed to block, what the academic literature and peer-reviewed clinical trials were showing that you needed to block to get good sleep and, and to reduce digital eye strain during the day. So that was when we said to the lab, can you make lenses that block in specific frequencies of light? They said, yes, it's not a problem. We saw some cool fashionable frames because the frames out there are really ugly in blue light glasses. We put the two together and we created this evidence-based, fashionable, Australian-made product that did exactly what it said. And, and when we trialed it, we found that for several weeks, you know, and, and even to this day, which is several years, our sleep is just so, so good because we're managing the correct frequencies of light. And that's how we founded Blue Blocks. We off the back of that feedback, we tested the market. It was a $1,500 investment. And we then, you know, grew it in, in a few years to, to a multi-million dollar company through empowerment, education, and providing all the evidence behind the product and being completely transparent with the science and allowing people to, you know, not have 70% better sleep or 80% better sleep, but 100% better sleep. You know, there's no other way to get better sleep than blocking the exact frequencies of light that are impacting your sleep. So that was really the, the long and the short of it. And that's why we're here today. Many of us are working from home now. So are there ways that we can optimize our workspace? Like either, you know, not just from the glasses, but from like blocking certain lights throughout mm. the day or getting sunlight. What are your recommendations on optimizing the work from home space? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think before I answer that, I think it might be beneficial to let people know how blue light works because blue light isn't all bad. Okay. So blue light's present in two sources. Okay. It's present naturally in the sun and it's present unnaturally, artificially in 
any kind of light bulb or LED backlit digital device. So for instance, unnatural light is things like from your TV, from your smartphone, from your laptop. These, these are obvious culprits of blue light. But more sort of less obvious culprits are going to be like the light in your fridge, office lighting, lighting from, say, your, your router, from your burglar alarm, from your appliances. Mm-hmm. All gives out blue light. The sun gives out blue light as well. But the difference between natural light and artificial light is that the sunlight is very balanced. Okay. Now, what that means is it has the same amount of blue light than it does all the other colors. So think of, think of all the colors of the rainbow, you know, red, amber, yellows, greens, etc. It's all very balanced. Now, what blue light does during the day is that it sends messages to our body clock, our circadian rhythm to tell the time. Okay. So the first light we see should be sunlight in the morning when the rising sun, because the frequency of light and the composition of different colors of light at that time of the day sends a correct message to the brain to release the correct hormones. And the correct hormones at the beginning of the day to be released are cortisol. It's almost like a jump start to your day. It gets you out of bed and gets you, you know, launches you into your day. But it also produces two neurotransmitters called serotonin and dopamine, which make you feel great. And also it's used to help you sleep later in the day. Now, what blue light does at that time as well is that it causes damage to your skin and to your eyes because blue light is a high energy light. Okay. Now, what it does is when it passes through the skin and it passes through the eyes, it causes cell damage to the eyes and the skin. And that you can get sometimes like dry skin from working at computers for a long time. You can get sore, watery eyes. These are like digital eye strains. You can get tension headaches. But what nature does, nature always has an antidote for these things because blue light is beneficial, but it causes damage. So this is where light is very clever. The red light that's present in the sun causes restoration of cell damage caused by blue light. So ancestrally speaking, when we were outside and living under the sun all the time, we'd get all the benefits of blue light. Yes, it would cause some cell and skin damage, but the red light from the sun at the same time would repair that damage. So what we've done today is that we have decided to move away from incandescent lights, which were higher in red, and we created something called LED lights. And this was like round about the 90s to be more energy efficient. But what they did was they changed the color spectrum of these lights, okay? And they removed all the red light and they just inserted a lot of blue light around about the 460, 450, 460 nanometer range and a little bit of green light. So what you're getting when you're working under artificial lights is you're getting all the benefits of the blue light, you know, you're feeling alert, awake, alive, um, you're getting the serotonin, you're getting a bit of the dopamine, you're feeling good but you're getting none of the restorative red frequencies and you're getting too much of the blue. So you're getting too much dopamine, too much cortisol, too much serotonin, which leads to things like stress, anxiety, et cetera, but also your digital eye strain, more and more people wearing glasses. So in answer to your original question, the way someone needs to set up their day is they need to move away from the artificial suns that we're working under and get more sunlight. So you need to be outside more. So outside in the morning, eat your lunch outside, have a couple of minutes outside in the morning, having a sun break if you're working in an office or or at home at the moment. Work outside if you can at the moment. It's a great opportunity to do that. But another sort of side of the spectrum as well is, is there's too much blue light. So this is why I'm wearing these glasses now, which are computer glasses by Blue Blocks. They're blue light. And as you guys will be able to see, as you can see some of the blue light reflecting back as we're talking. Mm -hmm. So that's filtering down some of the blue light. So I'm not getting too much of it. I also have a big window behind me letting in a lot of natural light. So I've got a lot of the healing red light coming in from behind me. And after we finish this conversation, I will go outside and work. 
But if you can't go outside, so say uh, you know quarantine is over and everyone goes back to work, you need to balance the spectrum of light that you're working under. And a, a good way to do this is have a salt lamp next to your computer, as well as filtering down the blue light. You've got then the, the pink, the oranges and the reds from your salt lamp which are offsetting the damage that the blue light is then causing to your skin, your thyroid, your eyes, etc. So blue light during the day should never be blocked. It should only be filtered because we need it to be healthy. Now, it changes when you move into dark, you know, after sunset into darkness. Just as light switches on your circadian rhythm and it releases your cortisol and your dopamine and your serotonin, the absence of that blue light after dark switches off cortisol, switches on melatonin, right. uh, keeps you relaxed. And what it does is it sends a message. When blue light disappears, the red light or the just the absence of blue light in particular will send a message to your body clock that it's nighttime, that its sleep is going to be coming up in a few hours to relax the body. Cortisol levels should be dropping. And melatonin, which is your sleep hormone and very powerful antioxidant, actually, is produced. But what we're doing is we're coming home from work. We're switching on the lights. We're opening the fridge. We're on our smartphones. We're watching TV. And that's sending a message to our body clocks that it's daytime, that it's solar noon. Keep cortisol levels high. Keep dopamine levels high. Keep serotonin levels high. Suppress melatonin. So I always used to find years ago, and, and a lot of people will be able to attest to this, that I could work in an office for eight hours, be, be fairly tired during the day because I've had really rubbish sleep. But when I get home and switch on the TV and I'm in the house, I suddenly have this burst of energy and I feel alert and awake and, and just, you know, mm -hmm. go and do stuff. And that's because you're getting this wave of circadian disruption from the blue light. So what you do is you have to create something that Phelps basically coined in 2002, which is relating back to this really pioneering study on circadian rhythms called physiological darkness. And that's the complete absence of blue light and green light up to 550 nanometers. Okay. Green light does run to 570. So you'll see a little bit of green wearing the glasses, but most of it will be filtered down. And what that does is that tricks the brain. It says you can have your TV on, you can have your house lights on to a certain degree and um, without getting too deep into how melanopsin interacts with the skin. But what it does is it tells the brain that it's nighttime. You can suppress your cortisol, you feel more relaxed, you feel more zen, your melatonin will start being produced. And that's why when people wear our Sleep Plus red orange lenses, within sort of two to four hours of wearing those lenses, they get this sort of heavy feeling in their eyes. They start to feel relaxed and tired. And then you get good quality sleep. You have more energy to have a more productive day the next day. And you're then producing hormones and neurotransmitters correctly and living a life that ancestrally and evolutionary speaking, we should be living. So it's our healthiest life. Circadian rhythms are all about sinking light and dark cycles, exercise and eating timings as well to get a bit deeper into it. But once you master light, which actually isn't that difficult, all you've got to do is watch the sunrise watch the sunset, be outside in the middle of the day, filter blue light and balance it during the day and block it after dark, you're going to see a massive, massive increase in how you feel, you know, how much energy you have during the day, how well you sleep, you know, get into these deep restorative sleep cycles. And it's just absolutely game changing. So I hope that answers, uh, answers that question.
Yeah, it does. It's so fascinating to have this technology to get us back to the our natural circadian rhythms and still be able to watch TV if we mm. want to, because that is a way that actually completely relaxes me. But with the glasses, I feel like I can sleep and it doesn't impact it. Um, and I definitely know the difference. And I've been wearing Blue Blocks glasses for months now. And similar to you, Stefania, I didn't realize how the artificial blue light was impacting my sleep until I got a pair of the night glasses. And I track my sleep through my Fitbit, and I'm a little obsessed with that. (laughs) And my sleep score had significantly increased since I started wearing the glasses. And I really like relaxing at night with a TV show and the glasses block the artificial blue light. So I feel like it still puts me in that relaxed mood, even though I am watching a TV show, which isn't the most ideal thing to do at night, but you know, that's what I'm doing here. And we actually got a code for you guys. If you'd like to try them out for yourself, you can use the code VIRA15, V-I-R-R-A-15, and you'll get 15% off. So try them out and let us know what you guys think. What you did mention exercise and eating patterns as well. What can you talk about that a bit? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you a brief overview. So we, I mentioned earlier, we have a body clock, a circadian rhythm, and that's located right in the middle of the brain. Okay. And it's governed by light and dark cycles. But it turns out that every single cell in our body has its own clock and it's called a peripheral oscillator. But for the purpose of this conversation, we'll just call them, you know, peripheral clocks. So you have a clock in your liver, you have a clock in your muscle, you have a clock in your skin, and they're all meant to be synced with the master clock, but they also have their own rhythms throughout the day. So when your master clock is synced correctly, I talked a little bit earlier about how hormones are suppressed and secreted. Now, when it comes to food, when you've got a properly functioning circadian rhythm, the hormones and neuropeptides that are responsible for digestion, um, satiety, taste, everything related to, to eating are at their highest between the sunrise and four hours after that. So pretty much between sunrise and midday. So when you look at the liver and pancreas clocks, what that means is for them to be optimal and functioning and, and the gastrointestinal clock system as well and your, and your stomach and intestines are primed to digest food from a circadian standpoint at the front part of the day. So we should have our biggest meal at the beginning of the day. And then that keeps that clock system in tune with the master clock system. And then you should have a smaller meal, maybe midday, one, two o'clock in the afternoon. But what you should do is you should stop eating before it gets dark. Because when you're managing your circadian rhythm correctly, light is the optimal time to be eating from a you know hormone and digestion standpoint, from a circadian perspective. But after dark, we need to put our body into a relaxation and repair state ready for sleep. Our body does something called apoptosis and autophagy. Apoptosis is the clearance of dead cells from the body. And autophagy is the repair of damaged cells from our body. And we can only do that when we're in a state of fasting. Now, typically that happens when we sleep because you need to get into deep sleep to have that. So if you're eating a large meal in the evenings, 
you're taking yourself out of that fasted state when we're meant to be relaxing, getting ready for sleep for this apoptosis and autophagy to happen. And digestion actually interferes with melatonin production as well. And it's quite interesting because when you look at how melatonin is produced, the precursor to melatonin is something called serotonin, which is produced in the gut during the day when you're exposed to blue light. So when you're digesting food, the serotonin can't then produce as much melatonin by mixing with tryptophan because digestion has taken its place. So there's an old adage that a lot of people's grandparents would have mentioned, and that's eat breakfast like a king, eat lunch like a prince, and eat dinner like a pauper. And that reigns true from a circadian perspective. Now, from an exercise perspective, you have to look at what your goal is and what type of system you're using in the body to when you actually want to work out. So if you want to do cardiovascular exercise, so walking, running, cycling, swimming, those types of exercises, they're best done from a circadian standpoint in the morning with the sunrise. And when you actually look at some of the evidence out there, you actually find that people who exercise in the morning produce less lipids, which is um, body fat accumulation, when they exercise in the morning as opposed to later on during the day. And when you actually look at these papers, it all ties back to the circadian rhythm and basically what hormones are produced at that time of the day makes weight gain a lot more difficult and weight loss a lot more easier. And that's why people that typically eat, going back to the food um, point of view, people that typically eat under artificial light after dark will have a harder time partitioning the macronutrients correctly. So what that means in layman's terms is that people that eat after dark are more likely to store their calories as body fat. Now, there is a caveat to this. If your goal is to build muscle, then you want to work out from a circadian standpoint between 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. That just seems to be, from a if you've got a healthy circadian rhythm, the optimal time of day to build muscle. Testosterone levels typically seem to be at their highest during that time. Cortisol levels seem to start to drop at that time, so you haven't got a lot of stresses. And it's still during the day. Like The worst time you can work out, even if it's cardio or muscle, is after dark because we should be relaxing at that point during the day. So it really depends on what your goal is. So typically, a good rule of thumb is as long as you don't want to put on muscle, you want to be getting up, watching the sunrise, exercising, then eating food. And then I think you've got it then spot on. I'm interested in, you know, first was like a catalyst for me to start wearing the blue blocking glasses at night was around feelings of, you know, that feeling that you get when you're just like scrolling mm. or constantly scrolling and refreshing the screen. And that kind of then like ingrains and you have that like loop going on. And I was like, you know, I'm going into the this loop often in the evening and I need, you know, help moving away from it. And the glasses were certainly something that helped my brain get out of that mm. loop. And also like some anxiety that I was feeling because of that. And I'm interested as it relates more to mental health mm. indicators, what might people be experiencing that may be contributed to by exposure to blue light? Um, I think a lot of people are feeling that right now with what's going on and probably getting less sunlight. Yeah, ab absolutely. I'll give you an overview of it. If people want to find out a little bit more about how light impacts mental health. I did a whole episode with Dr. Caroline Leaf on cleaning up the mental mess podcast, very, very big podcast in the US. 
So I would highly recommend people taking a listen to that because that was a whole hour on anxiety and depression and seasonal affective disorder. But for your listeners Mm -hmm. now, let's talk a little bit about mental health and how this works. And what I want to do is caveat that light is a contributor and a factor that can intensify feelings of of anxiety, stress, seasonal affective disorder and, and depression. And I don't want people to think that I'm saying light is the only cause of these things, because it would be aloof of me to to say that. It would be incorrect. So light does play a huge, huge role. Okay, huge role. So let's talk about that for a little bit. So the way light impacts our feelings is, again, as I alluded to earlier, it's interaction with the endocrine system. So our hormonal system. Our hormones are all governed by light and dark cycles. So the reason we're all so messed up at the moment in terms of you know having a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, and, and a lot of depression around the world is that we are disrupting the clock mechanisms that influence the, the types of hormones that can regulate those feelings. So for instance, cortisol. Okay, Cortisol is a fantastic hormone when you have a properly functioning circadian clock. What it does is it jumpstarts you into your day and it keeps you feeling alert and awake. Without it, we would just be literally hibernating 24 hours a day. We'd be like koala bears. We'd be ridiculous. So what happens with cortisol is that it's stimulated by blue light. Okay. So during the day, we're getting way too much of it because we're sitting around on computers, smartphones. It's everywhere. Okay. It's bombarding us and it interacts with our skin and our eyes. But what it does is it can do one of two things when we expose ourselves to too much blue light. It can keep cortisol levels chronically high. And when a hormone gets chronically high, it can cause us to have feelings within ourselves or we can become resistant to that specific hormone. But in the case of cortisol, too much of it basically gives us this constant fear of fight and flight, okay? And that's why we start to feel a bit anxious and a bit stressed and a bit antsy and you know we, we develop things like seasonal affective disorder. But what also happens or what can happen is sometimes it doesn't get chronically high in some people. But what happens is because we have completely messed up our circadian rhythms through too much blue light exposure and at the wrong times, the cortisol cycle can reverse, which means that we get feelings of low mood, stress and anxiety during the day. We have big amounts of fatigue, so we're not very well motivated. It's, we struggle to get out of bed in the morning because we haven't got that cortisol hit first thing at, in, in, in the morning. But then what happens is cortisol gets higher and higher throughout the day, so we get more and more stress throughout the day. Then what happens, we get wired after work, we end up staying up watching TV, pumping more blue light into our eyes, then we sleep really poorly again the following night, and the whole cycle starts again. We feel shit the next day, and, and it just over time builds up. And what you also find is because people are not getting enough sunlight, we're getting all the dopamine hit of blue light, which is causing us to become addicted because dopamine is released when you take drugs, have sex, things like that. But on the worst side of things like cocaine, massive stimulator of dopamine. And every time you'd want to get more and more of a hit from taking that drug. The same is true for blue light. And it's been shown in studies to be like this, that the more blue light in isolation, so this doesn't matter with the sun, you know, because you've got the red light that actually balances that out. But with blue light, you're getting more and more of this. So, you, so you're becoming more and more addicted. And what happens to addicts is they're constantly chasing more and more feelings of dopamine. But as we release more and more dopamine, 
this goes back to what I was saying earlier about cortisol. It does this does slightly opposite thing. We become resistant to dopamine. So you need bigger hits of this to actually feel good. And you can't get bigger and bigger hits of it. So you then feel depressed. You're like, oh, and nothing's good in my life. I'm feeling down and feeling awful. So this is why you've got to mitigate and manage blue light when it comes to you know cortisol and when it comes to, to mental health. And one of the other stimuluses for feelings of, of anxiety and depression when it comes to light is something called lux. Now, lux is the intensity of light. So if you go outside in the sun, there's no cloud cover. Let's just say for argument's sake, it's, it's, it's a million lux. Okay. That's really bright sunlight. Go outside, you're squinting, might have to put sunnies on, whatever, but you're outside and it's a really, really bright light. The brighter the light that you're under, the better you feel. Okay. So when you actually look at the lux light intensity of artificial light, it's equivalent to the light that's emitted from the sun and passes through gray cloud on a rainy day. So when we're in an office and not going outside, we're ultimately putting ourselves into this state of it's a gloomy, rainy day. You know, the, the light intensity is typically about 100 rather than a million. So we're not getting good feelings from being inside. You're actually, you know, think about how you feel on those rainy days, like gloomy, the sun hasn't been shining, you feel miserable. And that's what we're putting ourselves through constantly. And over time, these things all add up. You know, you might start off fine. Then five years will pass and you feel a bit stressed. Then 10 years will pass and you'll feel more anxious. Then 15, 20 years will pass and you'll, you'll go into sort of a, you know, a deep depression or, or high state of anxiety. So light is one of the main drivers of, of anxiety and, and depression. And this is why in, in some places in the Northern Hemisphere, and I'm from the UK, as you can probably tell from my accent, is that we get something called seasonal affective disorder. And seasonal affective disorder is the lack of sunlight and putting ourselves constantly under low lux light. So we have this day in the UK. It's, I think it's the second Tuesday of February every year gets the most suicides. And typically that's because people are down, depressed and and miserable. And it could be related to, you know, these feelings of intensified anxiety and stress caused by the misappropriation and, and mismanagement of, of light. So we've just got to be very careful that. We don't mix up the fact that blue light from the sun and blue light from artificial light is the same. It, it just isn't. The, the intensity of that light is very different. Mm-hmm. The spectral composition of that light is very different and, and nothing can replace the sunlight. And going back to what I was saying earlier, when you're out in the day and it's raining and it's cloudy and it's gloomy and you feel miserable, how do you feel when it's a hot summer's day and you're down the beach and you're out having a barbecue? You feel the complete opposite. You're outside. You feel amazing, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> because of the lux, because of the heat, because of the UV. So that's what we've got to, got to remember is that, and this is why it really upsets me when people that have anxiety and depression and, and seasonal affective disorder, they use these things called sad lamps. And what they're doing is they're exposing them to, themselves to slightly brighter light that you would get from your LED backlit devices and house lights. But at the same time, you're completely buggering up your circadian system. So it's going to be one of those dopamine hits again that, you know, oh yeah, it might work for a couple of years. I feel great using this, but you're going to quickly regress, mess up your circadian rhythm and have more problems later in life. And the good thing with these mental health issues is they're very fixable without having to take medication. You know, I'm not taking away, some people need to be on medication for these things. And, you know, always... You know, consult your doctor or medical practitioner before taking any of this information that I'm talking about now, that you know, just by getting back to 
a correct circadian rhythm, managing artificial light correctly and being outside more, you can overcome a lot of this or at least start to feel a lot better. I just have one follow-up on something that you mentioned in relation to exposure to good light and exposure to the red light. I have heard that it's more beneficial for us to hold off on wearing sunscreen and potentially even protective eyewear in terms in the form of sunglasses, at least for part of our time in exposure to red light, because that will be more helpful for us. What are your thoughts on that? What do you think about that based on the research that you mm. So let me have. put a context in place first, because I think it's it would be remiss of me if I didn't. If you don't have an optimal circadian rhythm, so if you're not wearing blue light blocking glasses after dark, and if you're not managing light correctly throughout the day and watching the sunrise, the information I'm about to give could be damaging. So you've got to make sure that your circadian rhythm is correctly functioning first before doing it, because if it's not, you're going to have a problem. So the way the sun works, okay, is that we evolved under that sun. And it's, again, as I spoke about earlier, it releases certain hormones. Now, one of the things that we need sunlight for is that we need it to mix with cholesterol in the body to form something called vitamin D. Now, vitamin D is basically, it's, it's, it's almost like a hormone, to be fair. And what it does is the higher levels of vitamin D you have, Every single study that's, that's involved vitamin D, the higher levels of vitamin D you have, the lower all-cause mortality you'll have. So you'll have less chance of dying from anything if you have high levels of vitamin D. So it's important to get that. Now, you need UVB and UVA light to synthesize with cholesterol to form vitamin D. So when you're wearing sunscreen, it blocks out UVA and UVB. So you're not actually getting any of the benefits of the UV light mixing with cholesterol and forming vitamin D. Now, there was a study, and I'll come on to sunglasses a bit later. There was a study that was conducted about 10 years ago that sort of alluded to the fact that the skin may have its own circadian rhythm. Now, about three to four months ago, this was proven that the skin has its own circadian rhythm and it functions in such a way that it needs to be exposed to UV light during the day to synthesize vitamin D. However, Damage would be caused by the UV light during the day while synthesizing the vitamin D. But what they found was that when they exposed these skin cells that had been exposed to UV light during the day to darkness, but what they did was they removed blue and green light, the damage that was caused by the UV was repaired under these conditions, which led the authors of the study to conclude that maybe UV light isn't directly the cause of skin cancers. Maybe it's the fact that we're not allowing our skin to repair itself by exposing it to blue light during the evenings and whilst we sleep and all the time during the day as well. So we are getting damaged from UV light, but we're not allowing our skin to correctly repair itself. So maybe blue light is the culprit for, for skin cancers. Having said that, I guess what we have in our body is we have the ability to produce something called melanin. Now, melanin is a pigment and it's an absorber of UV light, okay? So think of melanin. If you, you could have some pasty person that lives in Iceland that has really white skin tone, and that means they have low melanin levels. It means that where they're from ancestrally, there isn't much UV light, so they don't need much UV light absorption melanin in their body because they need to get as much of it in them as possible to be healthy. And if you, on the flip side, if you look at somewhere like the Aboriginals in Australia, and people that live 
in Africa, they have a very dark skin tone, which means they have high levels of melanin because UV light is higher at those latitudes and they need to filter more of the UV light. They don't need as much. They need a lot more or they can tolerate sunlight a lot more whilst filtering out the UV light. The good news is if you're a pasty Brit like me, you can come to Australia and you can build up melanin levels in your skin. But the safest way to do this is in the morning. So not only do you entrain your circadian rhythm by watching the sunrise in the morning, if you're out in the sun for the first two hours of the day, there's next to no UV light present. It's just infrared light and um, visible frequencies of light. And what you find is this builds up melanin, which we call like a base tan. You know, it sort of builds up a bit of a tan over time. And that means that once you start producing that amount of melanin in the morning, you can start going outside during higher periods of UV light and be properly and adequately protected from sunburn and damage from UV light. So someone that has a correct circadian rhythm can do that. But someone that gets up at 11 a.m. in the morning, goes straight outside in the sun, is going to burn because they haven't built up the melanin. They've missed the important sunlight at the beginning of the day to protect themselves from the UV light later on in the day. So that's why I had to caveat it. What you also find Mm. is with sunglasses, and there's a really old study that showed this, because sunglasses filtered out frequencies of light, both visible and invisible from the sun. So it filters out UV light and it reduces the frequencies of blue, green, red, etc. That actually sends another message to the brain that it's not daytime anymore. You've got these sunglasses on and it's telling the brain that, oh, it's later on during the day, UV levels are lower. So by wearing sunglasses, our body isn't producing mm. the correct protection mechanisms against UV light during the day if you're wearing sunglasses because the central clock system doesn't think it's the middle of the day and UV light is high. It thinks it's maybe early evening going into sunset when UV light is very, very low. So what we find is people that wear sunglasses are typically more susceptible to damage from UV light and skin cancers than those that don't. But what you also find is that when you look at the literature and you see how light, invisible frequencies of light react with something called DHA in the eyes. So you have this sort of fat in the eyes called DHA, and you typically find it from fish, but it's in very high concentrations in the eye. And it's the only mechanism by which ultraviolet light can pass through the eye, synthesize with the DHA, and actually produce a DC electric current. And a DC electric current is what charges and repairs your mitochondria, and your mitochondria are the energy and powerhouse batteries of our body. So by blocking UV light from entering your eyes with a correct circadian rhythm, you're missing out on all that sort of recharge, all that cellular battery repair that UV light mixing and synthesizing with DHA in the eye can actually produce. So it all comes back to a correct circadian rhythm. But once you've got that correct circadian rhythm, you can throw away the sunglasses. You can get rid of the sunscreen because people seem to get it wrong. They talk about the chemicals in sunscreen being bad, which it is. But what they're missing out on is the circadian viewpoint of why wearing sunscreen is bad. So as long as you've got that correct functioning circadian rhythm and you're managing light correctly, you should never have to fear the sun. And I always used to be one one of those people that even on a cloudy day, I was that desensitized to sunlight that I had to wear my really dark polarized sunglasses outside. And once I corrected my circadian rhythm, became a morning person and managed light correctly, 
I don't think I've worn sunglasses for maybe three years, apart from maybe one or two occasions when there's something called glare that's present. So glare is when it's off some sort of unnatural surface. Like say you're driving your car and there's a car in front of you and the sun is piercing off the back of that window into your eyes, then wear your sunglasses. But for the majority of the day, you actually don't need to and it's healthier not to. Wow. I didn't realize that about sunglasses, but it makes a lot of sense now that you explained it. One thing I wanted to ask you is I read in one of your blog posts, and I've heard a lot about this myself, is that a shocking 6.1 million Americans are having difficulty with getting pregnant, with fertility. And you talked about how exposure to certain types of light can be a factor there. Can you talk about that a bit? Yeah, absolutely. And again, there's podcasts out there that go into the full detail mm-hmm. of this. But yeah, I'll give you guys sort of a bit of a rundown. From a fertility perspective, you find that sleep is the major governor of likelihood to conceive. And this comes down to how the ovaries actually operate. And what you find is that, as I mentioned earlier, every system within the body has its own clock mechanism. The ovaries, placenta, the testes in men, they all have their own circadian rhythm and they're all impacted by light. Okay. So when we're actually exposing ourselves to blue light after dark, we're again telling the specific clock systems within the reproductive cells in the body that it's not the correct time of the day and they don't need to be functioning optimally. And what you find is that the reproductive organs, they have a lot of cell damage happen there because of how frequently they're turning over the eggs and, and sperm and things like that. So what happens is they create a lot of things called reactive oxygen species. And what these do is these are like rogue oxygens that go around damaging all the cells around those specific areas. And as I mentioned earlier, melatonin isn't just a sleep hormone. It's an incredibly powerful antioxidant. And what you find is when you're not sleeping correctly or not producing enough melatonin because you're exposing yourself to blue and green light after dark, you're not producing enough melatonin, which is then scavenging these free radicals and reactive oxygen species. So you're more likely to have susceptibility to things like polycystic ovary syndrome. And what you find is people that typically report having that syndrome is that their sleep is massively out of whack. And a lot of people think, oh, it's just a a side effect of having that issue. And polycystic ovary syndrome is one of the leading causes of infertility in women. And it's all governed by circadian rhythms and sleep-wake cycles, but also the amount of blue light that's actually governing the amount of melatonin that can be produced in those regions to protect the reproductive organs. From a male perspective, there was a really interesting study that was released, and I put it in the blog, that men who went to bed after midnight, compared to men who went to bed before midnight, had a 50% less chance of conceiving with their partner. And that's huge, just by a couple of hours of going to bed. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. And what we also found in the literature when we were digging around was that sperm and reproduction is is seasonal. And it's very much the higher concentrations of, of sperm in men and the sort of health of those sperm are highest in the springtime which makes com- complete sense from, you know, when you look at nature and it's lowest in the summer times. So, you know, you've got to look at timing again of, of when the light cycles are correct to be able to have a more, a better chance of, of conceiving. And going back to the male side as well, men produce something called anti-sperm antibody. 
And that's to basically get rid of any unwanted sperm within the, within the body, because obviously we recycle it around. And maybe if you're not having a lot of sex, you know, the sperm have to obviously die or, or come out any other way. But what they do is when ASA levels are high, it typically is in relation to men that can't sleep or go to bed later. So what we found again in the literature was that men that either slept not enough or too much, which is again, a consequence of incorrect light exposure due to a mismatched circadian rhythm, they have more of this ASA in their blood, which means that even if they were having regular sex and trying to conceive with their partner, they wouldn't be producing as much sperm or good quality of sperm. So it works both ways. It's not just in the females and, and the males, it's, it's, it's both sides. Estrogen, for instance, runs on its own circadian rhythm as well. And if you actually, if you don't go to bed correctly in line with your circadian rhythms, then estrogen cannot be produced in optimal quantities for your body needs. So what you'll do is you'll have a mismatched fertility hormone, which, which is a key indicator of fertility in women, estrogen, because you won't be producing it correctly and at the correct time today. Estrogen needs to be produced during the night. So if you're not sleeping well because you're messed up circadian rhythms, then you're not going to have the correct reproductive hormones to be able to have more success conceiving. So it's all about sort of thinking about light and how it can increase your chances, because some people just simply won't be able to have kids. But when you actually look at how light works, and you're looking at stats that have been cited in clinical trials to be 50% less chance of conceiving in, in a lot of cases, then surely you would want your circadian rhythms to be completely correct when you're trying for a baby to increase that chance of conceiving. And all comes back to sort of melatonin as well. In the, I was on um, another podcast recently where we talked about it and there was a it was the host is pregnant and she'd had a kid a couple of years ago. And I said to her, when did you go into labor? And she was like, oh, I think it was like 1 a.m. in the morning. And I was like, exactly. I knew you'd say that because the way labor is induced is through melatonin mixing with something called oxytocin, which induces labor. Now, what we're seeing in today's world is that so many people have messed up their circadian rhythms that they're having later pregnancies. They're either giving birth you know, a couple of weeks too late or a few days too late, or they're giving birth earlier. And that's because their melatonin levels aren't optimal. Because if the melatonin levels were optimal, the body would know to mix that oxytocin with the melatonin at the correct time of the day, at the correct time of the, the pregnancy cycle, to be able to allow the labor to happen as it should. But because we're messing around with melatonin, we're not producing enough of it in our bodies to mix correctly with our oxytocin. So we're having longer pregnancies. We're having, you know, delays in, in giving birth or having a, a baby a bit earlier. And the final point that I'll mention as well is there was an amazing study and it, they did this over many, many years with nurses, night shift nurses, because they wanted to assess how night shift can really impact our health. And, you know, night shift is really bad for your health. And like, you know, vitamin D levels, decrease all-cause mortality. Working night shift increases all-cause mortality. But what they found in the nurses was that nurses that work night shifts had longer and heavier and more irregular menstrual cycles than people that work during the daytime shifts. So what you can find from that is that wow. night shifts are, are times when we should be sleeping from a circadian standpoint. And if we're working during those times, not only are we increasing all-cause mortality, 
But from a reproductive health and I guess fertility standpoint, your periods are going to be longer. They're going to be more painful. They are going to be more irregular if you've got a mismatched circadian rhythm. And it doesn't just have to be night shift. Night shift is just a good example because it's the most extreme side of things. You could be working during the day and 99% of your listeners listening to this will have a mismatched circadian rhythm because they're not managing light correctly. But the good news is it's an easy fix, as, as I've mentioned. You know, you wear blue light blocking glasses after dark, you filter blue light during the day and you get outside lots. And it's a very easy fix. And that's the good thing of it. Even though some of the things I'm saying might be blowing people's minds, it's all such an easy fix. And that's the good thing about it. Yeah. And it sounds like sleep is really the number one oh, yeah. for all of, important thing for all of this. Fertility, yeah. mental health. And immunity as well. In the current climate we're in at the moment, lack of sleep. And Harvard Health have, mm-hmm. have stated this numerous times and proved it. Lack of sleep reduces the amount mm-hmm. of cytokines that you produce in your body, which then helps fight infection and viruses in particular. And what are we combating at the moment? Viruses. You know, this is, and again, I'm not going to get into it because everyone has their opinion on this virus, but is the virus in itself that severe or are we as a population sick from a circadian and dietary standpoint that we can't handle that pathogen? And when you look at how Harvard have produced results showing that we're more susceptible to getting viruses such as the flu, which is pretty much what COVID-19 is, if we have poor sleep. And when you look at the stats on how many people have a sleep disorder, it's almost a third of the global population. So put two and two together, correlation is not always causation. But I wonder if this virus is as serious as it is in itself, but it is serious because we're all sick from poor light management, crappy diet, and our immune systems are not as fired up as they should be because we've got really bad disrupted sleep. Can you share some of the biggest transformations or most memorable transformations that you've seen either through the research or in the Blue Box community once someone started having better light hygiene? Yeah, absolutely. I I can share two really good ones with you. The first one is a customer in the Northern Territory here in Australia. His mum had an issue of 30 years worth of insomnia, could never sleep through the night. And he messaged us a couple of years ago, actually, it was quite a long time ago, saying that his mum wore the glasses, his glasses for one night. And it was the first time in 30 years that she slept through the night. And I could not believe it. Honestly, I, when it came through, I was like, no one's going to believe this. I think I've written this myself, but it was fascinating. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. And we've had countless people message about having, you know, their feelings of anxiety and depression really reduce by managing light correctly, wearing summer glow glasses during the day or blue light computer glasses during the day, but also managing light after dark as well. So we've seen, and people can just on the homepage on our website, I think there's about 300 five-star reviews on there. So you can just scroll through them. And there's so many stories in there that just really hit home from, you know, no more migraines, no more anxiety, better sleep, more energy, you know, better performance. And, you know, it's just so many beautiful words out there from people. And it's just so amazing that, you know, just such a simple product has helped so many people, but also not just the product, you know, also the the advice that, that we're trying to put out there of how people can live their you know, best light life. It's interesting because I'm aware of blue blocks, especially at night, I have the red orange frames. Mm -hmm. And before I learned about blue blocks, I feel like I didn't really ever hear about the impact of blue light and of so much blue light. And you talked about how there had been clinical trials and there had been research, but it 
just wasn't out there. Like, what was going on, and and why is this now just starting to come into the forefront? You know what? That's an absolutely amazing question, Stefania, and and one that actually I've never been asked. I've, I've been on sort of over seventy podcasts, and no one's ever asked that. So it's a fantastic question. Mm. What you find is that people in business typically ride a trend. Now, what happened about three, four years ago was that a few companies in China sprung up that started creating something called computer glasses. And they're similar sort of in appearance to what I'm wearing now. But what they did was they found that in China that blue light was causing something called digital eye strain. You know, like say you're on a computer all day and you get headaches and dry eyes and you feel quite fatigued at the end of the day. And they saw a gap in the market where they could produce a lens that would reduce down a little bit of blue light. And the end result should be that you get less digitalized strain, you feel a bit fresher working on a computer. So what they did was they mass produced this stuff. And a lot of entrepreneurs around the world in the USA, Australia, United Kingdom, jumped on that bandwagon. And we're like, wow, this is something that's trending. We can see the trends in Google. People are starting to search for it a little bit more. Let's just jump on, buy this product, rebrand it, get some clever marketing out there about you know funky computer glasses, get them on some sexy models, and let's start a craze. Now, what these founders lacked was a basic understanding of you know the, the human biological system, how biophotons interact at a quantum level within you know the, the human body and how they influence your, your circadian cycles. And they simply did not have a need to learn that kind of information. Their model was based on taking a product that was trending and trying to get it just to the masses very quickly with no blatant, sort of, with a blatant disregard to the science that was out there. They probably didn't even know the science was out there. And this was one of the reasons why we started Blue Blocks. And the reason we created our marketing campaign to education. You know, we're not ones to go out and bash other companies. Like we, every company has its own right to, you know, produce a product and to operate correctly. But what we wanted to do was we wanted to come onto podcasts, write articles and paid marketing campaigns where we wouldn't push our products, but we would educate people on how light works and how light can impact us both from a hormone level both from a sleep level and both at a molecular level and cellular level. And then let people then decide what they want to do. If they want to go out and buy the cheaper glasses, they can. If they want to buy from Blue Blocks, they can. But also what we wanted to do was we wanted to equip the listener with the information to actually ask the correct questions when buying blue light glasses. And what you find is the companies that are selling the cheaper glasses or the ones that are sort of doing really, really well in terms of selling lots of computer glasses are the ones that when you message them and ask these specific questions about, you know, what lens, what frequencies of light do your glasses filter? You know, can you send me spectral analysis curves, et cetera, et cetera? You probably, you know, nine times out of 10 won't even get a reply or one time out of 10, them coming back going, we don't know what you're talking about. So it's really empowerment. And the reason people and other companies aren't doing it is because they have no need to do it. They're riding a trend, they make a quick buck, and then they'll disappear very quickly. But now the evidence is coming to light that, how light is impacting human biology, these companies are starting to fade away. And you're seeing companies like Blue Blocks rise to the top because we're giving the correct information. We're also debunking a lot of myths and misinformation that some of these companies try and put out there as well. Like a lot of them suggest that you can wear the glasses I'm wearing now, which are clear lens blue light filtering glasses after dark. 
But when you dive deep into clinical trials, you know, a very, very interesting um, study by Phelps in 2002 clearly showed a melatonin disruption zone of between 400 and 550 nanometers. And you have to block 100% of that to get good sleep. These glasses here block 30%, um, probably about 20% within the, you know, the 400 to 550 nanometer range. So I would never advocate our blue light computer glasses for after dark use. Light needs change throughout the day. But what you find these other companies are doing is because they're, they're kind of spent on their marketing of trying to sell a useless product to someone during the day, they're now trying to claim that their glasses help you sleep when it's very, very clear when you look at the evidence that they don't do jack after dark. So it was really, you know, for us, empowering, educating, giving people the, the means to be able to think about light critically, because more often than not, people are dieting, they're eating well, they're exercising well, but they're hit, you know, weight loss stalls, they might have stress, anxiety, and a lot of it comes down to a mismatched circadian rhythm. So, you know, a lot of these companies out there, again, just going back to your original question, simply do not know how to educate. They don't need to educate and they're just riding a trend. Well, there's one question that we ask all of our guests, um, and that is what life experience have you had that has been your greatest teacher? Yeah, I think um, starting a business, really. Um, <laughs> I've just literally, I've finished a podcast just now that was um, about an hour and a half talking about entrepreneurship. And I said to him on, on that show that, you know, I knew nothing about a business when I started this. So I, I'm absolutely nothing. And I learned along the way. And, you know, what I think what people have, have got to remember is that no one's born with a specific talent or are born educated in a specific way. And I think that throwing myself over the years into things that I had no idea what I was doing made me swim. You know, I could have sunk or swum and I swum. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, that moment of quitting my day job, starting this business was amazing. It was scary, but it was amazing. And it, it kind of has, has made me develop as a more conscious human and someone that just has, you know, garnered a, a lot of knowledge in a specific subject and, and wanting to educate people on it. So that's probably the biggest moment for me. Love it. Love it. And you certainly have found your passion in it. I mean, just hearing you discuss the studies and all of the information, you know, so fascinating. And it's so clear that you have such a passion and, and love for it. So it's been great. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's been a real pleasure and some really good questions. And yes, so happy to have, have been able to answer them for you. Yeah, it was great. And uh, we'll link to your website and link to all the information that you shared. Is there anything else that you want to share in terms of where people can find you outside of the website? Yeah, um, just, just blueblocks.com. Um, Instagram, I am Andy Mant, surname's M-A-N-T. If people want to find out a little bit more about what I've been educating people on, just Google my name and podcast and you'll find a few of the, the top ones in there if people want to learn a little bit more. And we also have our own podcast as well that's a couple of episodes in. So if people want to check that out, that'll be amazing. It's called That's So Yesterday. And it's tsypodcast.com. So yeah, if people can come and support that as well, that would be awesome too. So there we have it. The episode with Andy Mant of Blue Blocks. We hope that you guys are inspired from that conversation as we are. We are prioritizing making changes to our sunlight consumption and making sure that we get out as much as possible, even though we are in this isolation state. And just a reminder, we do have a code for you guys. If you'd like to try 
the glasses or any of the Blue Blocks products out for yourself, all you have to do is use the code VIRA15, V-I-R-R-A, and the number 15, and you'll get 15% off at checkout. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend and hit subscribe so you never miss a show.